Welcome to the only podcast that delivers the best hard-hitting analysis on everything, football both on the pitch and off it. With expert opinions from players, coaches and journalists, we dive deeper into the aspects that makes the game we love the most. Your host, Joshua Rakundo, and this is The Hatch. Uh, welcome to the Hattrick podcast this week. I'm joined with uh, Ronald Mugabe, and uh, we're going to talk uh, sports and talk details of the sport. So, Ronald, how was your weekend? How was your week, your sports week? Well, my sports week has been very entertaining. Looking at the games that have been taking place in the middle of the week, I thought it was really cool. Uh, you know, missing football for all that while, and now you have these fixtures that are congested. It's like every day you have some action taking place. So my week, sports-wise, has really been good. Yeah, sure. Um, it's, it's actually been a very, very long time coming. Uh, we have seen the Premier League return and then uh, uh, Italian Serie A. Uh, we're seeing more 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 leagues across the world that are returning. And uh, furthermore, the president, of course, having made uh, a, a pronouncement on that uh, for the Ugandan sport to return under all the strict regulations. What's your take on that? Uh, do you see it feasible and can, can it actually apply here in our setting? I think it came as a surprise because not many people were really thought that the, the president would let sports like come back again because there wasn't any lobbying for sports if you are to look into the corridors of power and when the president mentioned it I'm sure many sports people were quite surprised to hear that the president gave them a nod but what I also talk about is um, the, the organization of course that links us to the organization of how people, how prepared people have been. I mean, the expectation, because when the president said that, you know, sports is open, we saw that the league, or the football managers of the league at home had to extend, even FUFA activities were extended. So it means that it just came as, uh, you know, something of a surprise that people weren't ready to receive. But yeah, it, 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 to me, it was good news and great news for sports that has been in hibernation for all that long. When other leagues around the world have opened, remember we, had hours here uh, terminated prematurely. Yeah, sure. So people were kind of like waiting and debates have been going around. You know that the transfers in Uganda are not that vibrant. So to see that, you know, there wasn't any footballing talk or sports talk except for a few, you know, things that happened here and there, like uh, people giving uh, thought to the construction of the national football stadia. You know, when you're idle, then you go for those things that you haven't been going for. But it's good to see sports back, yeah. Yeah, true. Um, uh, and uh, about uh, the previous season and uh, how uh, the winner managed to come up, of course, FUFA has uh, a law and uh, it's constituted that uh, 75%, 75% of the league has been played, then the one that's actually on top of the table at the end of the 75%, of the league being, uh, that has been played will be awarded. And that's how Vipers actually came up to uh, win that trophy with a tight contestation of uh, a slightly lousy um, KCCA side that actually missed ch- many chances to take on that trophy. You call it lousy? I mean, I yeah, think um, they had, they had actually made. 
uh, very, very uh, lousy mistakes at okay. home. Uh, mm-hmm. They had many games to take on the six points, that, uh, the, the six-point difference, because there had been a long period whereby there's a, a, a serious contestation of uh, two, three, two, three, then eventually six points. Yeah. That was actually very, very, very reckless of that um, uh, KCCA team. Uh, you know Mutebi is a very, very, uh, very, very understanding coach like he knows the game he has studied the game at least he's so informative about how he can handle things mm-hmm. i think of course no one ever predicted the pandemic uh so i think he still had time and he thought anytime he would catch up yeah so um i, I think uh, meals I, I actually thought if mm-hmm. kcc had not taken it uh, yes. very very reckless mm-hmm. they would have actually taken the trophy but from a personal point of view, I think most of these other clubs, because I was lucky to watch some of these games, you know that many of them are not on television, just a few games here and there. But I was lucky to see some clubs play their football. The likes of AC Villa were playing good football. The likes of uh, Police FC tried. Uh, yeah, I actually uh, fancy a lot of uh, Abdella Mubiru's style. Uh, he's a ball manager. He, he wants the players to hold the ball, mm. uh, play as many touches as you can till when your opponent loses uh, their attention and but keeps chasing. Personally, I was so happy with uh, what Sam Simba was doing because he was more like of a giant like killer last season. He humbled vipers at Ndeje uh, <laughs> grounds there. Yeah, true. So I think clubs last season were trying to come up with this kind of like, you know, let's play this game and see how it goes. Mm. It's just that the COVID-19 pandemic break just did not, you know, do them justice because they had started building up momentum. When you see how AC Villa was doing and the crowds it was generating because of the style of football they were playing was quite great because I live not very far away from where they host games. But you could see that people were coming in huge numbers to see how, like, you know, uh, AC Villa play the game. And, and every time they came and they saw, of course, results were quite tricky, cause, but they had really, like, uh, up their game from what they had played the previous season. And coming into this season, they tried something. Express Football Club, one of the traditional giants, yeah, true. was, like, flattering to deceive. I mean, they didn't really put up a great, a great challenge if you see how they lost some of those games. Yeah, of course, uh, um, Tony Kalisa, one of the guys that we, are, we actually have, uh, have the podcast with, uh, a very, very staunch AC Villa fan. And uh, I, I, of course, want to send him shout-outs for last season's performance. Uh, I didn't expect it because uh, of the disorganization of the club. I've heard many stories about them. Uh, delay in the payments of the players and uh, the management issues. And of course, those ones eventually translate to a disturbance of the results on the pitch. Uh, so I still expect uh, them to rearrange this season uh, to put up a very, very better show. And yeah, because um, like you said, Express also uh, having so much influential history and uh, success uh, from way back. I think uh, they have done a lot of shopping this season. They have actually signed 16 players mm-hmm. with um, the manager or the um, CEO coming up to say that our target is 18 players onto this club for rearrangement and I don't know do you think this is a long term or uh, a short term prospect for him I I think it is a long term when you see how they were able to kind of like reorganize themselves Express Football Club one of the I think the biggest clubs in Uganda's footballing history they were able ever since the the gentleman Chiwanuka I think the the, the president now or the chairman 
uh, took up uh, responsibility. You see that there's some kind of, you know, resemblance of a football club in Express Football Club. And yeah, the true. They've done uh, the, the branding they're doing. The, 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 I mean, Taking the, on corporate companies uh, exactly. for partnerships. Exactly. And the way they put out themselves there in the media has really showed some kind of, like, you know, something that's coming from them. And we are yet to see that. And that is something good because... Most of the clubs, even when you look at uh, police football club, you would think that these clubs that are institution-based mm. may not really come out to like give you that kind of care when it comes to how they organize themselves as football clubs, as business entities. But when you see them bringing on Shell, bringing on these corporate companies, yeah. you can see that you know they have a vision. Because without money, you can't play good football. Yeah, football true. requires money. And also what they now need to do is to invest a lot of money in their academies, how they bring up players. Maybe that would give them a long, like a long kind of like, a long stretch when it comes to their footballing organization. Yeah, so I think uh, they can try to maintain their talent survival because uh, if they get to have some talents promoted from uh, their downsides. Yes. I think uh, last season it came as a rule from FUFA mm. uh, that every club in the top flight, top flight league yes. has to have uh, a reserve team. Yeah. And I think we, we would be seeing uh, new uh, talents, fresh talents that are actually are not money exaggerated. Yes. Uh, we have seen uh, Vipers going into Rango with uh, KCCA yes. over and Express a, a, itself they, yeah. they had a player in contention yeah true uh, so I think we can have less of those things uh, if they can actually focus on their academy and players and it is also sustainable because Ugandan clubs don't have all that money to just buy players even from the region we struggle to buy players from everywhere yeah so true uh, and if, I think we, we, we actually have very very few, few. Uh, and the ones that we bring are sketchy like they're not the, the players they're not like got, proven in I their mean, if domestic leagues takes our best players here or average players to mm, say mm. then I mean and Uganda can't go to Kenya and buy the top players from there. True, true. But Kenya can come. A and very, very well proven player yes, at, at, at Vipers uh, or exactly. at KCCA and they yes. actually go to uh, the Kenyan League. Yes, and they play. I've seen this happen with uh, Emmanuel Okui, yes, uh, Musei Serunkuma. Yeah, true. And it, it's, actu- it's actually. Uh, Even Tito Keller, before he switched to South Sudan, I think now he's going to play for the South. He was also like. Uh, one of those, you know, top players you would say that has a future, but now it's been snubbed. So I think that youth system is what will guarantee our football, not uh, this grafting where you go to buy players, because Uganda does not buy players. Yeah, true. It's not actually region. in our in our identity. It's we don't have the money. That's that's the truth. Yeah, mm. and um, uh, I think that that that's that's some of the news that we could have uh, for uh, the local league or the local sport we expect basketball to return uh, uh, with uh, not the league but then with some um, to keep the fans busy uh, with uh, a lot of innovations we expect to see some tournaments ahead then also uh, what do you think of the national team a national team going into a residential camp ahead of the Afcon and um, they, they, I think they have a friendly coming up and then also uh, the Afcon game. I think uh, game. B- before I go to the national team, mm. I would say the women's football has also been given a mention. Oh, yeah, true. Which That's is true. something great because across the globe now we see that clubs or football countries are beginning to adopt this national women's football kind of. So I think it is a great thing because I personally enjoy watching <laughs> women's football. Yeah. Uh, but now coming back to the Uganda Cranes 
team. I think we haven't really zeroed down to who is being called because uh, they have gone under residential, but we don't know which people will be selected to play for the national team. But that is a like a ray of hope to see our teams back in residential because they've been in hibernation for long. Yeah, true. And if they are going to compete across the world, because in, in that we have the Chan tournament and then Afcon. also the Afcon, yeah. and then also we have the World Cup qualifiers 2022. Don't yeah, forget true. that. So CAF, I was reading an article today and I saw that CAF has already like given a green light to most of the uh, federations to open up their footballing, uh, their, their national teams, footballing activities to start kicking off because you need to have that form. I mean, you cannot go for all that while without playing anything that you come. Yeah, true. And we're actually not sure about our foreign best players and the minutes they've actually been getting on the teams. Because I think uh, the foreign best players, it's going to be very, very hard for McKinstry mm-hmm. to make a, a, a choice that um, players have actually all been down. Yeah. We don't know who is fit to which level. Mm-hmm. So if you call a, a, a 25-man squad and then you drop some... Uh, there will be uh, uh, double standards of we have all we have all not been playing. Yeah. So I don't know what, what are you considering, considering. Uh, to to drop me or what we expect that from the players. Yeah, of course they will be playing some friendlies. I know a friendly that they were they are going to play with South Sudan. Mm-hmm. Some of those friendlies will help to you know give a better shape. But I think even during training, uh, the coach is able to identify players who are kind of fit. But also another thing that is coming as a blessing in disguise is the fact that uh, some players might not make it to the Uganda, you know, might, the not, come back, oh, yeah. might not come home, mm. come back home. So and, it will uh, give they... a chance and opportunity for these other players to really, ex- you know, try to express and try to play football to appease the national uh, team coach mm. to see that they also get a shout out. I mean, if some of the big names are not coming back to play. Why would you not take that advantage if you are a home-based player? I think this is also another chance for them to you know, show the coach that, yes, we can do something. Go and win those friendlies. Mm. That will put you in a better shape. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, I expect, of course, the local best players uh, in, the, in the league to uh, uh, convince the manager uh, that they're, they're actually worth their first team uh, numbers ahead of uh, the foreign best players that are actually playing in more competitive leagues. Uh, I, I think we have seen Abdul Lumala um, and others that have actually been summoned, and we expect to see a great shape of players. And yeah, so um, internationally, what has actually been your headline? And well, the highlights in, in the interna- on the international scene has mainly been the focus on has mainly been on the Champions League draws. Yeah. <laughs> Cristiano wow. Ronaldo and, and Messi. Lionel Messi meeting again. Yes, meeting again. Of course, it has been hyped so much, but I think it's going to be a good contest because Juventus is also not a sketchy team. And uh, Ronald Koeman uh, coming at Barcelona and trying to build things. He's yeah. beginning to look like the Barcelona that we... As an ex-legend, least, I think. Yeah, at least we know about. So I think the Champions League role was one of the biggest highlights for me mm. Yeah, going into the weekend. Oh wow! Um, uh, I think still about the Champions League. Uh, we saw Coman and the Bayern team uh, sweeping all uh, those awards of the UEFA, and then uh, I think uh, Joshua Kimmich uh, taking on the best defender, uh, Manuel Neuer taking on uh, the Golden Glove, and then um, Robert Lewandowski. The player I thought was wouldn't have gone to Bayern Munich. <laughs> why? 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 Why say that? Um, switching from Dortmund to Bayern Munich. I think his qualities. 
could guarantee him a play or a starting place in any club across the globe. Yeah. So going to Bayern Munich to me was kind of a joke, mm. and I, I I didn't like it. Though he's winning things, he's yeah, and I think he's having like. the life of his uh, the, the, the the greatest time of his life uh, yes. and his career right now. Mm. Uh, he's sweeping all awards. If it wasn't for the pandemic, I think we would be seeing him taking on also the FIFA Ballon d'Or. But and I think it was unfair not to organize the Ballon d'Or. I mean, why not? Yeah, they, true. They didn't want to give it to him. They should have done it because yeah, if so they're I, able to organize these, then why not the Ballon d'Or? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the, the organization of the UEFA awards yeah. actually exposed the weakness of FIFA mm. not having actually organized uh, the FIFA Ballon d'Or awards. Yeah, you know because they saw they they said you know what for us we can actually do this and we are going ahead to do this mm. and. Eventually, they happened and they were successful. I saw Lukaku taking on uh, the uh, he had I think the highest number of goals um, mm. uh, for Europa, okay. and then he was actually awarded I think last night, and it was a very very great gesture for UEFA and uh, it created a, a fair balance for Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, Robert is he's been uh, and and I think uh, when you go back in hindsight and you look at the Ballon d'Or, first of all, mm. uh, in, in relation to this that we're talking about, you can see that many times when, say, a player out of Lino Messi and Ronaldo has come out to really challenge for it, there's been some kind of mix-up, like, because when we remember Wesley Snyder was one of those biggest uh, shout-outs in his time, and, and he wasn't able to get it because they fancied, say, Ronaldo or mm. Messi to go ahead of them. So I think that uh, accolade has been also vulgarized in a way, but this time I, I don't think there was there was any reason not to give Robert Lewandowski that uh, Ballon d'Or if it was properly organized or if it was organized as mm. well. Yeah, yeah, true. And still uh, speaking about Bayern Munich, it has uh, it it appears in Group A against Atletico, Salzburg, and uh, Lokomotiv Moscow. That is. Uh, um, their group and of course I think it's obvious uh, the ones that will actually be getting out of that group uh, <laughs> Yes, um, Atletico Madrid have recently shipped in uh, Luis Suarez one of the biggest motivation they've had, I mean he's a big True, they have brought in uh, fresh energy yes. and uh, the excitement among the players in the camp, yes. then also the fans and the expectations. Yes, so Luis Suarez is that motivation that will help them, of course he comes over the experience and he's been in the league that he is very now, tactical. Yeah, still forward. in the league that he has been playing for on the opposite side. So I think uh, his addition with Bayern Munich, with the way they, the climax they finished on last season, I think they have a shout out for this one. They are fancy to get out of that group. And uh, so d- discussing uh, these various groups of the Champions League and focusing on uh, and uh, b- b- the German side. And I think Dortmund takes on Lazio and uh, Club Bruges and Zenit St. Petersburg. Yes, um, Dortmund is one of those who will fancy to get out of that uh, group. And of course Lazio is also motivated because they have gotten this young Manchester United player Pereira yeah, true. joining them. That's a they great will, addition for yeah, them. That's a good addition because when you see most of the players who have left the Premier League or Manchester United to go and play in Italy, have played well, the likes of Lukaku and the likes of Chris Smalling, the other side, in mm. Rome. So I fancy him to really like 
make an addition to that club. So Lazio is one of those you would, you know, mention to say that they might come out of that. Yeah. But we don't know what has been happening in Russia with Zenit. Yeah. Because it's been quiet for all for a long time. So when they come back, we just want to see what they will be able to bring to the club. Yeah. And uh, finally, about the Champions League, uh, we talking about Ronaldo meeting Messi ever since he actually vacated Spain. And this is his first time to play. Uh, they are going to have 180 minutes between themselves to make a decision. Uh, what's your take on this game and this fixture? And uh, as they have uh, Dynamo Kiev and um, Frank Kavos in the same group, Group G. I think uh, to be fair to uh, Dynamo Kiev and, and Frank Kavos, the name that's disturbing me, I think Barcelona yeah. and Juventus are favourites to go through. Yeah. I don't see any surprises here whatsoever. I think they will. Maybe the contention is between Cristiano and Messi, old friends. I think they've uh, outgrown their competition. Mm. It's now more of uh, an old man's friendship, moral kind of. Yeah. There isn't so much of that, you know, pumped up or jumped up uh, kind of like struggle between the two. So I, I'm, I'm thinking they will be playing their football. Uh, they don't play at the same level at which they played five years ago. Yeah, true. So now they are reserving their the energy. age and everyone yeah. trying to see how they... Uh, exactly. Ronaldo has grown uh, more into the central role of just getting the goals and also doing a few things like assists here and there. Messi himself has drawn a bit back to create for others to score. So the intensity at which they used to play is not the same. So I think it will be a fair contest. Maybe it will be now up against the two clubs or the two teams, how they will be facing each other, Juventus on the other side and of course Barcelona. I think that's where now the debate is. Of course, these come as attractions. They come as catchments for us to go and watch the game. But I think the biggest debate will mostly be on you know, how these people, football-wise, it's how Juventus will organise themselves and how Barcelona, because they are not the same teams that they were also yeah. two years ago. So it's, it will be a fair game. So Maybe the only surprising thing in this game is that Barcelona has second seeds or are seeded second, which comes as a surprise because they've always been known to be top. Seed number one. Yeah, seed one. So coming as second seed, you know, kind of like takes away from their pedigree. Yeah. And finally, we are seeing Manchester United uh, that actually met PSG at uh, <laughs> Uh, last season, yes, uh, in the knockout stages, and mm. they have them here mm. for 180 minutes again, mm. and uh, with uh, PSG coming ahead of uh, Manchester United, yes, in uh, the seeding positions, yes. uh, they have Leipzig and Istanbul, uh, uh, the, 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 the fourth team there from Turkey. That's a crush. Yeah, that kind of those names. Who do you think gets out of this group? Um, position number one. Um, if you go by the names, you think that Manchester United and PSG are favourites. Yeah. But this this time round, it's not about the pedigree and the names. We know that they are late. There's Leipzig, which has really done well. They finished, I think, around the quarterfinals last season in the Champions League. Yeah, true. They represented when Manchester United was playing in the Europa League, mm. and they've also showed signs of the beaten on some of the big names in England also. So I think um, their manager, German Googles, their coach is really good in terms of tactics. Manchester United are flattering to deceive. I mean, they've had this whole transfer to themselves, but they haven't done so much good business and they are yet to do any serious business. 
they look to players like Jordan Sancho, they look to bring in players like um, the, the, the Alex Tellers from uh, FC Porto. Of course, they first of all fancied Sergio Regulion mm -hmm. from uh, Real Madrid who didn't make it. They also wanted Gareth Bell, but he didn't make it. So, yeah, Sancho. I mean, they, and, and, and I think Sosha tried to build this kind of like, uh, Sosha was trying to say, to count on the players he has already in his cabin. But they have also not given him the right football, that the trust. They've not paid back the trust. So when you see they lost the game against Crystal Palace. So I think Manchester United are in that condition where they need to better or to up their game going into the Champions League. They need to sign some players. If they don't, I think these other clubs, Leipzig will have a shout. Yeah. PSG are favourites in this in this group because they come as seed one, mm. and they also like have big name players, the likes of Neymar, who can do something at the end of the day. Of course, not forgetting uh, the contention that was there two years ago when you know Manchester United dumped out PSG. I think PSG will come back with that same growl and try to like bring into Manchester United. But all in all, I th I think three clubs here have a shout out to get out of this group stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Leipzig, uh, PSG, and Manchester United. If Manchester United do their homework. All right, and um, this is a game that actually had uh, Neymar missing in one of the leagues, uh, in one of the legs, or even uh, I think not both. He was actually off with an injury. Uh, he had done a knee injury, and we expect, of course, to see him uh, for great his, entertaining his, his sports. Fake injuries. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's normally, as when they. Patching back home in Brazil. <laughs> and of course, I think due to COVID-19, there isn't any kind of such thing. And I think that's why he has been on form, because mm. there hasn't been any patching back home in Brazil. So he has been confined to PSG. And that's why I think he has really played some decent football, if you are to follow closely. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, he has had a very, very great, fantastic run ever since uh, the, the return of football. And of course, we... we Again, expect to see uh, a very, very hard and uh, contested uh, Champions League uh, round of 32 as they move out, you know. Uh, uh, United fans still worried if they're not signing uh, players up that are on the market. That, uh, we have Edison Cavani that can actually come with his Champions League experience to United and actually help them go through. And uh, it will be very interesting if Manchester United did some... Uh, shocking moves of I don't know if they'll do it over and over again as because we are seeing them struggle with uh, West Brom with Albion and then then Crystal Palace right. they've had yeah uh, Brighton they have actually had a very very poor start uh, but we expect them to see a, a very different Champions League face mm. so um we discuss uh, Premier League stats the pace. Lampard's expenditure does it translate into his results on pitch today he takes on um, he takes on Crystal Palace I think it's a live game now yeah. and this is a stubborn side mm. uh, I think many people that are actually playing fantasy they saw how many points Zaha brought last week yeah. uh, against Manchester United so what gives Lampard a defense of his financial input with the returns 
I think Lampard, the mistake he has done is not to look at that defence a little closely because it's one of those porous areas in his club or in his team. Mm. And also when you look at uh, the way he has spent the money, of course when you spend money people expect you to hit the ground running. Yeah, true. And Frank Lampard starting with those losses kind of shake out the confidence in those players. Of course these are Kai Havertz, the likes of uh, Kim Ziyech, uh, Kim Ziyech, the likes uh, of Tim yeah, they are great players, they've been playing some good football away in Germany, but these are new players in the league and, and they will be caught off guard. Of course, uh, Kai Havas has been able to you know, pull up a hat-trick mm, and of course, uh, most of them have been on the score sheet. For the record, I think that was uh, in the Carabao Cup yeah. uh, when he managed to, take on, to have um, scored three goals at the back of the net. Yes, and, yeah. Uh, in, 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 so far, that was his best performance. I, I love to watch him in that game. Yeah. So these players will come and grow in the league. They will have. They need a season or two to really uh, catch ground. It's very hard sometimes for uh, players like that to come and, and win things. But of course, coming back to Lampard himself, he wants to play that free-flowing football uh, to like emulate, say, what Jurgen Klopp or what Pep Guardiola is doing at Manchester City. You need time to do that because these managers. Got, uh, t- took some time to really like, you know, settle in some of these players and play the thing they wanted to play. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his blueprint is like, but given the fact that uh, looking at what he has been able to ship in in terms of squad uh, improvement, you would say that Frank Lampard does have an idea of where he wants to go. But the question is, do the players really know what he wants to do? He has brought in some experience, Thiago Silva, but you saw what happened to him not so long Assisting. ago. <laughs> Assisting. Yeah, so Assisting for his own side. Yes. So yeah, um, <coughs> let's give him time and see what he really wants to do. I would so you still believe uh, Ben Chilwell may not be able, may not be the right medicine for Chelsea wounds at the back? Uh, ben Chilwell, I like, I like it when some of his clubs, especially the big clubs in England, bring in uh, English players in some of those critical positions. Mm. Because uh, what English players do bring to your team, they might not bring for you that, you know, flair and all that. But what they do bring is that command. They bring that confidence that they're playing from home. We understand the language. We understand the philosophies of English football. We understand the mood and the temperature of the fans. So Mm. it's easier for an English player to, like, you know, help others, you know, build that momentum from within than a player from out. A player from out is like, oh, these people maybe are segregating me, they come with all this. So Ben Chilwell was a good addition. I'm yet to see his leadership skills. I still want to give him time because he also still has time to settle in the team mm. and then, you know, find himself and find his place around that dressing room, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, of course, we expect to see uh, great, great results uh, for Chelsea against uh, against Crystal Palace as a convincing start for Chelsea, you know. They have actually had a group of good, experienced, expensive players, mm. you know, but they are now all gathered up in a whole new league and we are yet to see what actual results they can bring to convince I think, us. I think going forward, they have to just win games. They shouldn't worry about how they play. Of course, Crystal Palace. So we are not demanding for them uh, yeah, to, to, to perform nice as team. early as possible? Yeah, no, to performance depends on what you call it. Because mm. I think what they should do now is get results. Yeah, Don't true. care how you play, but just get those results. It will boost the confidence. It will bring in. But if you're playing well, 
and have this free, uh, this free-flowing football, but you're playing badly, mm. then I think that creates a dent in, in the confidence. So I think they just have to like free themselves, win the games, grind results. Crystal Palace are coming into this game with confidence, having beaten on Manchester United mm. at Old Trafford. So you know that you know they will want to have a shout in in this game. So you don't expect Crystal Palace themselves. They have a decent coach in uh, this uh, former English man- uh, manager or coach. Uh, forgetting his name, uh, but, uh, Roy. Uh, yeah, Roy Hodgson. So mm-hmm. he's a great, decent coach. Remember, he has been at Liverpool, so he has an idea of how these big clubs play. So I think if Chelsea manage to grind results like from smaller games like these ones, mm. then perhaps they will have to build that confidence slowly by slowly. Another fixture that actually happens today um, is uh, Manchester, Manchester City taking on the new boys in the game 16 years later. Leeds United back in the EPL after 16 years. The teacher and the students. <laughs> yes. Marcelo Bielsa, Bielsa a very, very good tactician there. Yes, and um, on this side is Pep Guardiola. Wow. And Pe- Pep has actually come up to uh, term Marcelo uh, Bielsa as a very, very good gift to English football. Really? Yeah, as uh, previously has obviously been inspired by this guy, uh, the motives he has, the style of play that he has, the impact he has on individual players mm. to give them uh, that growth of self-belief. So what, what, what do you expect? What do you see ahead of this fixture? I think uh, Pep's remarks do tell a lot uh, when he talks about him in that way. I feel uh, Leeds United have found Manchester City at a point in time when they are also still like gaining ground in the league. Remember, they are newcomers in the league. They haven't played so much football. So they just have to settle in and you know, gain that strength and, and, and build their you know, footballing knowledge in the Premier League because we've been playing in the Championship so we cannot say that they will be playing at the same level maybe if they would have played three to two months down the road so I think they need time to really like I think this game has come a little early for Mm teacher and student it might not give us a proper picture because now uh, Manchester City players have already settled in they know how to get results out of this league Mm. Of course, Leeds United, given the first game, the way they played, of course, against Liverpool and the way they uh, played in their second game, you could see that they have an idea of how to play. These teams Big that, teams. Yes, these teams that come back from the championship or come out of the championship normally don't have that uh, uh, flinch mm. when it comes to going at these big clubs. Mm. So perhaps that would be a surprise element they would try to use to you know go at manchester city but i see manchester city uh, prevailing in this one leeds gets into this fixture with a uh, past glory against sheffield united at, away from their home mm-hmm. manchester city comes in this game after having been scored five goals against uh, uh leicester Le- 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 city yes um, we saw in the press, uh, we see um, players come up to say that, you know what, this is uh, the worst form of football that Manchester, that Leicester is playing. You don't just come, have 11 men, run around the pitch and take balls, uh, fall in the, in, in, in the box. Mm-hmm. And what's your take on this? Do you think uh, Manchester United, Manchester City actually has uh, a time of recovery against a very, very stubborn uh, Leeds 
I think, like I said, they have a surprise element in Leeds United. Even mm-hmm. when Pep Guardiola th- seems to say that he knows a way or two around Bielsa, or he yeah, knows true, him well, he's been a student. I think uh, when it comes to the playing stuff, that's where it's tricky because you don't know some of these new players, how yeah. they play, and what kind of momentum they come with when they come at you. So I think theirs is now more of a surprise element. And they have their biggest signing uh, or their best player in the manager or the coach is mm. really like remaining at Leeds United you thought that after their promotion he would make way and, and go maybe to another club or a bigger club but yeah. he chose to remain I think their surprise element is their advantage and their manager is their advantage for Manchester City when they lost or when they uh, when David Silva went or left I think that was a beginning of like to me, it looked like an end of an era for them mm. because uh, this guy, like he, this this guy who uh, David Silva, he was like the engine of that team. He yeah, knew true. How to pass the ball. I think we we, we got to see uh, a Manchester City defense uh, being penetrated so easily yeah. because of the freedom in the midfield. Yeah, we saw that. Um, uh, Fernandinho had to push back, and then uh, that, 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 that's the time when uh, the coordination between Rodri and Fernandinho uh, actually considered very, very many goals that actually made them fail to uh, contain properly for the uh, Premier League. I think also Pep Guardiola is also not doing what he used to do when he went to Bayern Munich and Barcelona. That's so you, you probably also have the same school thought of uh, people have. Teams have actually now come up to discover his secrets. They have now discovered that, you know what, we can actually go around Pep and uh, score him this. We are not giving him the respect of him playing the high-pressing touch football. Personally, I think Pep Guardiola going into, say, Bayern Munich and yeah. also in Barcelona, if you look at him closely, mm. if you look at how he came to Manchester City, one of the things he does, you know, is, is like, um, I, want, I don't know if I want to use the term, but he's that kind of manager who is very cautious. Mm. So what he does, or what he did in Bayern Munich, when he reached Germany, he bought every good player in the league mm. and brought them to Bayern Munich. Sure. So, I mean, there's an advantage of having these great players playing for you. They win new games. So they, they kind of create a smoke screen or a cloud. Uh, before you settle in and know the philosophies of how to organize your team, when they've already won for you games, mm. I mean, there's little you, you are going to tell uh, people like Iron Robin, Lewandowski, Lewandowski, Phil Clam, uh, Frank Ribery, limited Joe coaching Clown. for them. Yes, Manuel Nuya. What are you going to tell them? So, yeah, there so this is a player that has actually done World Cup. Yes, yes. The guaranteed wins even without you saying a word. Mm. These players can even choose, like uh, line up themselves and, and play match and then win it. Mm. So when you go to Manchester City, when he came, he did the same, bringing the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, bringing the likes of Sterling, you know, you found David Silva there, Sergio Aguero. I mean, players who have been winning with previous managers. Yeah, true. And so you come in that league, and now some of these players are beginning to pull out. You know, and then we are beginning to see the holes in the team. Because when you tell me that he's signing, he's made some signings. Ferran Torres uh, yeah, had Torres. a very good performance, uh, despite the result. I, I didn't think, okay, you, you can, you know, the Spanish players have that flair and all that skill, but yeah. sometimes it's flattering on the eye. If it, it doesn't bring results on the table, then it's not a good performance. Yeah. 
the likes of uh, Rodri, who is he bought from I think Spain also. Mm. He's really like been overrated. When his signing was made, many people made noise that I think we we to, just expected so much yeah, from him. Yeah, like he was going to feature in that Yaya Toure role and and do what Yaya Toure has been doing. But I think he was like overrated. So I think Pep should also go in the market, do the same thing as Sosha, go buy some great players there. So that you can actually rearrange, you know. Yeah, win games. I mean, nobody cares uh, how how you win them. Yeah, true. Um, uh, of course, we head into a Monday fixture. That's uh, Manchester United yes. uh, taking on Spurs. Mourinho comes back to Old Trafford. What, what, what's your expectation on this? Spurs has actually had um, to draw again with Newcastle. Mm. Uh, that is Sunday last week. And then, uh, I don't know, uh, do you expect a different uh, turnaround? Uh, it comes at a time when he's in a great uh, dispute with Dele Alli. Uh, if he makes it to the, start, to the 11, I think he's not going to leave. But then he's in a transfer room. Do you think that uh, Mourinho has greater odds against Olegana Social? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, looking at... Manchester United at the moment, the way they play, the way they, they drop points against Crystal Palace, the way Brighton broke the game to them, of course they were able to win against them in the Carabao Cup, but yeah. you saw that Brighton was bringing this live, uh, I mean this kind of like aggressive kind of game to Manchester United and once you bring that to Manchester United, then you are, you know, you have a better chance against them. But of course, Manchester United players have not done themselves justice when you see them, their body language, the likes of Anthony Marshall, who plays like he's being forced to play. A Pogba, mm. before he scored that wonderful... Frequency. One of the players that is actually fancied by Mourinho. And, you know, he has be, he believes in Pogba's talent. Yes. But then he, he... Yeah, Pogba is his own worst enemy. He's, you know, not played well. Mm. He's, he's played sluggishly. He's given away lots of ball possession. He's played so many of those blind passes. You hardly find where he fits. And also another person to blame in that Manchester United team is the manager himself. Yeah, true. I mean, the way he picks his team. Team selection. Uh, team selection. It's like he fancies some players on the back of his mind. He favours some players over the others. I don't know why Fred has not been playing. In, in Yet he actually came up on Carbao and had a very, very, very yes. fantastic game. Even going into the end of last season, you, see, you saw that Fred was you know, one of Manchester United's great players. Of course, McTomney has had a mixture of uh, uh, like form, a mixed form, like kind of. Mm. He hasn't really like been 50-50, but he's also one of those players you thought that would be uh, given more of playing time. So I think Sosha himself, up to now, he's you know so this he's played Mr. Nice for a long time. He, even though he came at Van Persie sometimes for talking about him, you know, trying to appease mm. people with his smile. But I think Sosha, he, he's really like not understood why he's at Manchester United, and he thinks he's having a free ride. He's not put pressure. I don't know whether he's the one to do that, but I think he has not. Uh, put pressure on the board or the Manchester United uh, hierarchy to buy players. Mm. I think he's kind of sold to them this idea that, you know, these players are good, I can be with them for some time. And I can use a, a forward of Greenwood. Yes, and um, then they can't uh, develop. I can it. use a forward of Martial, Greenwood and Rashford yes. for the season. That That's actually a very, very clear lie and uh, I just bad don't assessment. Think. Of course, with an exception of uh, Greenwood, who I think is even... Uh, given his age, he's really been great. Mm. 
the likes of Martial and Rashford, Rashford is playing for himself. He's playing his own football, he's playing on his planet, of course, despite that goal he scored, mm. where against Brighton, where he left the whole like, defence down on the ground. But Rashford is not, his attitude ever since I think Moreno came in and left has been down. He's not the Rashford we, we, we knew when he came in against Arsenal and Midland mm. to score these surprise goals from you know, just shooting and, and get those results. I think this time around he's tried to adjust his game but it has cost him. Uh, sometimes when his friends are in position to score, he doesn't pass to them, he wants to go for glory. So yeah, that true. in a way you know, brings him back. Bruno Fernandes, one of the greatest players of Manchester United last season. Remember he came in half season mm. in the transfer window. He and played he had well. a very, very great yeah. impact post-Covid. But I thought he was playing alone, even at the start of this season, there was a lot of responsibility heaped on him. Mm. So he had to break down a little bit. That's why you see his form is kind of like down right now. He needs so much support. Mm. And that support, of course, Manchester United brought it in, in, in the likes of uh, Donny van der Beek, mm. who's also a great player when you see how he plays his league football, how he releases his fellow players, he's not selfish, he positions himself well. A pure Dutch style player. Exactly. Mm. And you can see that he fits to be just around the box to make things happen for Manchester United, to open up those defences. I think he should be getting more playing time ahead of, say, the likes of Paul Pogba. I think finally about the event at the Old Trafford this, week, this weekend. Uh, what's your prediction for this? I, I, I see Tottenham Ospars winning this game 2-1. Wow. Yes. That's a big, a big, a very, very big statement because for Because Tottenham is organized. Mm. When you look at Mourinho, how he has been able. First of all, the motivation of bringing in Gareth Bale, and also the this uh, boy from Real Madrid is putting some decent crosses. I was looking at that game they pre- played uh, previously against uh, uh, Chelsea. Yeah. Mm. Yes, you could see that this is a player who knows what he's doing. So I feel. Tottenham, given the manager they have, having a little bit of more tactical skills over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, mm-hmm. I think he might have an edge there. Finally, about uh, Manchester United and Spurs. For the both clubs, uh, we have a few hours or a few uh, days to uh, deadline day for the transfers. Which player do you think could uh, gra- uh, greatly change or impact Manchester United or Spurs? I thought Manchester United need a striker. If you have Cavani loitering around and no one is taking him, I think Manchester United can go for him. Of course, they already have Igalo, who is, but Igalo will be leaving in January. I don't know why they didn't make that business of, you know, getting him on a permanent deal. Mm. Yeah, but Igalo is one of those in transition. And you feel that they need a striker, someone who is mature, first of all, someone who is not going to just, you know, Linger or play around with the ball. When yeah, someone who's going to deliver a performance yeah, week in, week out. Motivate the other players. Mm. They also need a, a, a right winger. Mm. I think they, they, they put so much effort on Jadon Sancho. But I think if they get Dembele, who's been mentioned so much in the news or in the press, they yeah, fail to win. read some stories on the independent yeah. uh, website from the UK and uh, saying Pogba is actually very, very influential on pushing. Uh, I don't know how pushing. influential he uh, is. With a uh, personal <laughs> friendship with Osman Dembele, yeah, I think he could influence. Like yeah, so he could influence. Uh, His decision coming. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. With Dembele, of course, having a hard time at Barcelona. At Barcelona, yeah. yeah, he's a decent player. Though I was reading an article where Messi talked about him that he lacks 
uh, personal discipline mm. as much as he's a good player. I think he's a great talent, that guy. He is really great. In so do you think he can actually have uh, a great turnover to Manchester United? He can, yeah. He can revive his, his, his career. That is, if he comes to play football and he does not join the Pogma bandwagon. All right. Uh, so finally, uh, we have uh, a, a further. Um, uh, I think you could give us some of the games that are actually happening in the Italian Serie. Well, the Italian Serie A is going to be very nice to watch. Uh, Roma versus Udinese, one mm. of those games that you think uh, it will be there tomorrow. Then Lazio Inter Milan is another great game. Mm. Juventus Napoli, AC Milan, and Spezia. Of course, new boys Atlanta. You know, it will be passing Cagliari. Mm. Yeah, so those are some of the games. But yeah. of course, in, in, in the French Serie A, PSG, mm. of course, will be playing Nîmes, and Lyon will be at Marseille. One of that, uh, one of those big traditional games you expect. Yeah. So for the La Liga fans, uh, Eba is taking on Villa Villa Dioda, and it's one-one halftime. And uh, Atletico Madrid takes on uh, Villarreal today at uh, 17 hours and then Elche takes on Hoska and the Rio Settlers get Getafe. Barcelona plays uh, Sevilla. That's a big one yeah, for is. tomorrow. It is though that uh, the, the, the Sevilla, Sevilla I, I don't know whether they have a chance against this re-energized Barcelona but they should really do something about it. You've seen the Coutinho impact on the Barcelona Asufanti coordination with Messi, Coutinho and uh, Asufanti. What's your take on this forward? Do you think it can actually take Coman uh, for his next Champions League, or it can, it can. I like how Ansu Fati has matured quickly at his age, and he's blending in for yeah, these he's doing guys. things that he's kind of like looking at, uh, looking like the Messi replacement they should have in future. Mm. So his performances and he's getting those goals. He's really coordinating with the other players. He knows now the responsibilities on his shoulders. He's now going to be the star of that team. So I think the way he is playing alongside these other great players, I think he's really giving them options. Still about this, what's your prediction for Sevilla? Sevilla is a very stubborn side yeah, that has actually disturbed Barcelona many times. Experienced squad. They have a very experienced squad. So I Based on their them, manager. I expect them to put up a fight. Of course, Barcelona, you know that the Messi element, Ansu Fati now, Coutinho, they have some decent players there. Mm. But I think Sevilla is a decent football club that can't grind results. They can catch them off guard if they are sleeping. Mm. They can't really do something, but I fancy Barcelona to win the game, yeah. All right. Um, I think that's the biggest fixture for, for uh, La Liga this weekend. Yeah, and we expect better, better. Uh, of course, on Monday night, uh, there, there, there's... Furthermore, Alves takes on Athletic Club, Levante, uh, Levante takes on Real, Real Madrid. Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> Real Madrid that did grind out results in their last fixture. <laughs> and I think Real Madrid, uh, in their building process, mm. they will struggle a bit. They managed to win the league last season by chance. <laughs> really by chance? <laughs> yes, I think they still have like, uh, some good seasons to win the league com- uh, comfortably. So this one will be a tricky one for them. Of course, uh, if I'm to judge from the game they played last weekend, mm. yeah. But this time round, I think Real Madrid will be able to win. Well, that's be that. That's it been for for this week's uh, episode of uh, the Hattrick Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Ronald. Thank you for joining us on this week on the Hattrick. Make sure you visit our website, thehattrickpodcast.com, where you can subscribe on iTunes, CastBox, and Overcast so that you can never miss a show. 
Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. God bless you.